0: But, Whit, I really can't go on accepting these gifts, though you are awfully kind. I'm not kind. I'm just tempting you. I never give anything without expecting something in return. I always get paid. Well, if you think I'll marry you, just pay for the bonnet. I won't.
1: Don't flatter yourself. I'm not a marrying man.
0: Well, I won't kiss you for it either.
1: Open your eyes and look at me. No, I don't think I will kiss you. Although you need kissing badly. That's what's wrong with you. You should be kissed and often, and by someone who knows how. Oh, well, and I suppose you think you are the proper person. Make them laugh. laugh, don't make you know everyone wants to laugh? Ha, ha! Make them
0: laugh, make, em laugh. <laughs> make em laugh, make them laugh! That's yeah. the wall. Um, welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I am Jack, and with me always is other Jack. Always. Always. No, that's Andrew. Uh, so I wanted to bring up on the show uh, today... Is a little controversy that's been going on, uh, and it seems like it might have died down maybe a little bit by now, but it kind of caught my attention just because of, frankly, how silly it kind of sounds, although it brings up an interesting point. It's silly and serious. Yes, it's silly and very serious because um, the sparking of this comes from the recent problems in South Carolina, you know, that there was a shooting. That was, you know, race motivated.
1: We know that story already. We know that story. And, the, but, and what we want to focus on is another bit of uh,
0: Southern well, culture, you might say. Well, what A little happened, movie called uh, *Gone with the Wind*. Yes. Well, you know, involving the Confederate flag controversy. Then also coming into that were, you know, movies that have kind of celebrated the South and Southern heritage, especially around the Civil War. Um so on the one hand you have a movie like The Birth of a Nation, which by now has basically been denounced as a virulently racist movie. Yeah, and rightfully so, because it's based on a book called The Klansmen, and the second half of the movie is all about how great the Klansmen were from saving the white race from the black devil. Spoiler alert, <laughs> they aren't. <laughs> but um there was an op ed in the New York Post Oddly enough, because the New York Post is usually pretty conservative, but uh, this critic, Lou uh, Luminick, I think is his name, he wrote a whole post about um, reclassifying Gone with the Wind. Maybe not outright banning it, but he said things, uh, for example, like, Gone with the Wind isn't as blatantly and variantly racist as D. W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, which was considered one of the greatest American movies as late as the early 1960s, but is now rarely screened in museums. The more subtle racism of Gone with the Wind is in some ways more insidious, going to great lengths to enshrine the myth that the Civil War wasn't fought over slavery, an institution the film unabashedly romanticizes. We now know better, even if there are many other great things about Gone with the Wind, among them its sweep, its gorgeous technicolor photography, and its unforgettable performances from Vivian Leigh, Clark Gable, and the film's emotional center, uh, Hattie McDaniel. It uh, was played Mammy. Um, but what does it say about us as a nation if we continue to embrace a movie that, in the final analysis, stands for many of the same things as the Confederate flag that flutters so dramatically over the dead and wounded soldiers at the Atlanta train station just before the Gone with the Wind intermission? Um, okay, so that's all I'll read for now. All right? Big question here. Yeah. So what's the result of the, what was the result poss- of this uh, article? Um, well, I mean, a lot of other sites... Some other sites picked it up. Uh, you know, they basically kind of picked up the whole, uh... Hey, should Gone with the Wind be banned? And then, you know, that question kind of sparked off a few other questions and posts about that sort of thing. Um, there was a post, I believe, in, um... I think it might be called, like, Snopes or something. Uh... So what happened? Ultimately, I mean, Gone with the Wind is not gone. We should mention that Gone with the Wind is still the highest grossing movie of all time. Right. Like it made over a billion dollars adjusted for inflation in the US. So what happened to Sales to Gone with the Wind of gone with the wind? Recently? I think they've actually gone up because people I think were afraid from seeing this article which kind of questioned if Gone with the Wind should be banned. They thought, "Oh my god, it's going to be banned." Right. <laughs> Like uh, I, I let, think it's it's about the question of southern heritage, I think, because And let me say right off the bat, Gone with the Wind should not be banned. No, I don't think... <laughs>
1: because, I mean, it is a movie, great movie.
0: Movies should not be banned, like, even unless if it's maybe after last season. Uh. <laughs> but that's a whole different conversation. No, but the point is that I'm trying to say is that we need a movie like Gone with the Wind to exist um, because it was made at a point in time and a big part of what sucks sometimes in our country is, I think, a sense of loss of historical context. Right. You know, so much in popular culture, in literature, especially in movies, we lose that sort of context of when something was made. The fact that, you know, when with the wind was made, you know, Jim Crow was still very much in, you know, enforced. Yes. Um, and, so, I mean the I mean the most offensive thing about Gone with the Wind is that the main character is not likable and we're made to like her. Uh <laughs> I know you haven't seen Gone with the Wind, but Scarlett O'Hara is basically like one of the biggest uh B-words in movies. Uh she's just uh, Gone with the Wind. I There's a lot to say about Gone with the Wind. I mean, there it is, is based
1: on it, What I think is the problem if, if any, with Gone with the Wind is that it romanticizes a lot of things in history, which we know now are wrong. Yeah. Now let's take let's take a movie like Song of the South, which yeah. will probably never get a home video release. We've not, seen it because yeah, you well, happen to have a certain copy, which may not be legitimate, but that doesn't exist, right?
0: Wink. Um. Uh, about- now, Song of the South is speaking as a white guy. <laughs> it's pretty harmless, you know. Now, watching the, that p- movie, the worst part about it is that it's boring. Well, yeah, it's it is. It, it, a a, it is a little dull, but
1: uh, it's not
0: openly racist. Now, the
1: the problem with *Gone with the Wind* from sort of a race v- viewpoint, or from a historical standpoint, is that it really is not an accurate representation of the time period. It doesn't take place during. It takes place after slaves have been emancipated. Uh, well, it, no, well,
0: I, I mean, to to get tell you from watching the movie. It's half set in the Civil War and then half set after the Civil War.
1: That that can't be true. <laughs> what do you mean? No, it takes place in like one thing. It's not like the Civil War happens and it stops happening. They don't even mention no. the Civil War. No, but let no. me go on. The thing is, it shows, it shows like a relationship between black people and white people in the South that really didn't exist at all. Yes. And it's and it's just a romanticization of like, hey, remember when everybody got along before all these this sort
0: of fuss about race?
1: And really that's not accurate at all.
0: It's just uh It sweeps the issue under the rug in light of basically a gigantic romantic sweeping story
1: right to use another word i use with other historical films it lacks authenticity that's a great way to put it right and that's basically when you take a hard look at history around the civil war and the time period of gone with the wind that's not an authentic representation of the south at the time no it was considered to be authentic at the time it was made and when the novel was written uh but we know now that uh Really, this is not the way the South was. And that's nobody's fault. Because you can't look ahead into the future, and you can't have a crystal ball to look at the past and see how things really were. The problem is is that it's fallen out of favor. Yeah. And, well, what do you do when something has fallen out of favor and you realize that, you know, basically you, you got everything wrong? Yes. And... It's just like an awkward situation. Yeah, like "Song with the Song of the South." Is it really racist? Well, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But until then, we're not going to put it out on video.
0: No. And but what's <laughs> interesting is that Disney kept re-releasing it over the years. Like its last Ooh. re-release was in 1986. And uh, not not 1986. It was actually a little later, I think, because really?
1: my mom told me she took me to see "Song of the South" in the theaters <laughs> when it was re-released when would that have been? It was after 86 because I don't know why she would have taken a baby into a movie theater.
0: <laughs> Unless if you were a well-behaved baby.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, I can't believe you don't remember me taking taking you to all these movies. And I'm like, man, I should have remembered Song of the South.
0: Well, that probably shows you the effect of that movie that it, uh, that it didn't stay with you. like. Yeah, that. I know. Although we, I also should mention that while I haven't, read the book, and I don't really have a desire to, I've heard that the book is even more racist than the film. Maybe. Gone with the Wind. I haven't read it either. Um, but we should mention though that another thing with Gone with the Wind, um, speaking of how you know movies get end up putting into history, uh, Gone with the Wind is number six on the AFI Top 100 list. Yeah. I don't know if that's an awkward transition, but it's a transition nonetheless. Because um, when we think of America... We think of American movies. And we think of not only American movies, we think of American movie lists. Oh, boy, do we love lists. We love lists, and so did the AFI, the American Seriously, Film Institute. Seriously,
1: we love lists. How many times is he like, oh, top ten something-something movies? You're like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Click that link. Mm-hmm. And, the t- and the AFI mo- movie lists, like top 100 lists are the most addicting things to watch.
0: Oh, and they have them on TV, right? Yes.
1: Like, this was a while, like, back in the 90s. Like...
0: Well, they had the first one in 1998, I believe. Right,
1: like, the top 100 movies of all time. Now, keep in mind, these are American movies, so no, no nothing English or nothing... Uh...
0: Actually, I don't know if that's entirely true. Like, I'm looking at the list right now of the first AFI top 100 list back in 98... And number 13 is Bridge on the River Kwai, which... Maybe it was produced by an American company? Well, no, know. but... Direct, yeah, I mean, it is technically a Hollywood movie, but directed by David Lean and starring Alec Guinness. Well, there are English actors
1: in American movies. Well, let's just say uh, we don't know the exact criterion for judging an American I think thing.
0: that maybe the criterion is more about uh, movies that are made kind of with, sort of out of the Hollywood system in okay. a matter of speaking. And by the way, an interesting thing, Birth of a Nation number 44 oh. on the AFI list, which is, that that's kind of interesting to me, the fact that even as soon as that, that was still on that list. But now I'm curious, on the AFI's 10th anniversary edition, um, let me see, does this still pop up here? Oh, you um, know what's an interesting it thing? It does not. Oh, it's not on the list Birth anymore? Birth of a Nation... On the 10th anniversary list, Birth of Nation does not pop up. Intolerance does. Oh, well, much. Intolerance is a bit more uh, humane.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you about something else. There's another movie that's on the AFI list, or at least it was, uh, called Swing Time. Hmm. With uh, Fred Astaire. Yes, I've,
0: I've heard of this. I have not seen it.
1: Now, uh, the big problem, they reviewed this on Welcome to the Basement. And it's got this very long blackface number, oh, <laughs> and they joked, "This is the reason this is not higher on the list."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was number ninety on their tenth anniversary.
1: Yeah, version. buried in the beginning. <laughs> I guess sh- so. I can,
0: I can, I can be pretty certain that they didn't show that scene. It's, you know, I mean, this <laughs> in, brings in, in b- the special. This brings us back to talking about when it comes with to race and these things like. You know, I think as a kid I sometimes kind of took stuff for gr- like that for granted when I shouldn't have like I used to watch a lot of Three Stooges shorts. Oh, really? And in Three Stooges shorts, you know, a black character will be like the cook. Yeah. And it, w- it won't be a guy who's you know, well it'll be a guy's like I don't know what I'm going to do and like, you know, they have like the big eyes yeah. when they react oh, to no. things. No. Oh god. It's like and also like like Looney Tunes cartoons when they used to have other racist things like that. Yeah, they used to... Oh, God, have
1: you seen a Warner Brothers cartoon from World War II?
0: (laughs) I have seen them make fun of uh, Japanese people. Oh, do they? Oh, man, (laughs) I still remember as a kid where, like, they had something where it involved, like, like, a cartoon duck or something, and he had, like the glasses and the buck teeth oh, no. and he was like no i'm chinese and he tried to show a card that says i'm chinese made in japan in little print <laughs> and the other shoulder's like yeah and i'm Shirley temple and then he just blows him away so awkwardly funny yeah i mean oh, no again that's the kind of thing that you perspective i mean can we yes, watch as those long cartoons as you today? have as long as you have perspective it's fine i think the problem <laughs> comes if you are in a household where you're told that that's okay wow which i guess is another big matter but um getting back (laughs) let's get back to the afi (laughs) yeah because there are a lot of it's interesting to see how many lists they have
1: and here's the thing when i saw these things on tv for the first time it was a bit it was a great introduction to movies like i saw i think i taped the one that was like a hundred laughs or like the 100 100 thrills and things okay and that was like that was the first time like the 100 thrills one was like was like action films and horror and things that was the first time i ever let me look heard of night of the living dead Okay or, or, yeah. and it was the first time I ever heard of movies like uh The Guns of Navarone. Yeah. And that was a big reason why I went to my library and saw these movies like, yeah, I want that, I want that, I want that. And I saw all and you know, when I was in high school I saw all these great films because I first heard of them on the AFI
0: list. There are a couple interesting things to mention about the 100 Years 100 Thrills list. Yeah. Um the 100 films span all the way from a movie I just talked about Safety Last to uh, The Matrix and The Sixth Sense. Right, I remember The Matrix was on And then uh, the most celebrated actors in the list were Harrison Ford and Claude Rains. Ah, they each Claude had Rains. four films in the top 100. Although um, well, it's interesting, Harrison Ford in that list, Star Wars is on there, but not like Empire Strikes Back. Well, you had to choose one. Yeah, nine Hitchcock films are on the list. Six Spielbergs. Um... And the only sequel is Terminator 2. Yeah. Man, can you imagine? Like, Actually, you know what's interesting on the list? And you're buried at the Bottom is Blood Simple. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I didn't see that one until much later. But yeah, that was like the first time I ever heard of that film. And there's still a number of movies on this list that I haven't seen. Like uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray. I've seen that one. Um, Gaslight. Right. And, uh let me see. God, there, yeah, there are a lot of movies on here. Um, actually, I think I've have by now seen most of them. Like, I think it's interesting when it comes to these lists. And for me, the list that I've kind of had recently was the uh, the Sight and Sound list. Did I tell you about this? The fact you've that, told me about it. Well, this was, um, yeah, every ten years, the BFI, the British Film Institute, they do their like kind of top lists of all time, and so they pull. Like practically every critic on earth that they can get, and most film directors that they can get. Yeah. And they each submit their top ten film lists, and from that they kind of compile the kind of top two fifty films. Huh. Um, that must be a lot of
1: directors who send in their. There film. are a
0: lot of directors, and there are a lot of varied names. Like Edgar Wright submitted his list, um, and I think uh, I mean obviously Scorsese, Ridley Scott. I don't think so, actually. Not all of them did. That's the weird thing. Um, Well, we don't need him anyway. (laughs) Um, Michael Mann, I think, submitted his. uh, And you get a sense of kind of where their tastes lie. Although, as they mentioned, when you have to make a top ten list, and a lot of them said the same thing, like, you know, I... I'm leaving out so many movies, Yeah, this list is so arbitrary, Um, but do you think that there's maybe kind of a formalism to the AFI list, the fact that this is the American Film Institute and we're going to tell you the top 100 films, like, I wonder what the selection process was? That's a good question, but ultimately I think it's irrelevant,
1: Mm. because, again, lists are arbitrary, and that's kind of the reason I love lists. Because we we made a list in our first episode of our top five films, yes, and it wasn't necessarily about what's the best film, or what, it's really more about what or what or what's the best or who's the best director
0: or all the thing. It was about basically what we liked. I'll tell you, when I made that top five list, I after we recorded it, I looked back on it and I was like, why did I pick these movies? <laughs> there, there were like at least three films. That I could have swapped out for like other films in my top ten or twenty. I never top did 20. that. I, you're you're me, an indecisive fool, Jack. I was. I mean, well, see, but, but I think at that I chose. But, but at that exact moment, I saw. All right, these are the top five films that have really impacted me. And um, yeah, you know what's interesting too is the the one list again. there are all these. Uh, you know, it's one thing to see like movies. On there, but to get the top 100 stars, I think, is something else yeah. that's kind of fascinating. Like, I'm just looking at that now, and what they did was uh... actually, it doesn't seem like they have 100 stars. They have like, it seems like they have 25 men and 25 women, and they counted the Marx Brothers as one guy. Yeah, basically. Why not? They're all. The Marx one Brothers had like thing.
1: four movies on the comedy list. Mm. That was my introduction to the Marx Brothers. Well,. You know, if you have, and I Marx was very Brothers. lucky that my library
0: happened to have Duck Soup in its in its uh, inventory. Yeah, Duck Soup is number five yeah. on their comedy list. That's really cool. Uh, and Night at the Opera is number twelve, um, where it should be. Matt Rose and I have an argument over
1: what's the better Marx Brothers film.
0: Yeah, I've had that thought too, and, it, I, and, it, and it's they're they're two very different films. Night the Opera is more conventional. That's the movie that. I saw that on the big screen, I think, at the Teaneck Theater back when they were doing, like, their classic film series. Right. And that's the movie where they, there's actually, like, a little stretch where they actually have, like, a real song. I think, yeah. like, the not Marx Brothers character and the girl, like, he sings to her on yeah, the boat. on the boat. And it kind of breaks up a little bit of the mood. But then you get to that scene where everybody gets stuffed into the room, and yeah. Groucho keeps inviting people in, and or, that is one of the great like or the comic scene where they are. dress
1: up as the as the as the as the airline pilots and go to New York City Hall, or okay. the scene in the hotel, and the scene at at yes. the end in the opera. I mean, everything is great. There are a and lot of great. Soup- is a Sorry. faster film. It's like, it throws the jokes at you. It's like, oh, you didn't get the one? Here's another. Here's another. Here's I another. think
0: I respond more to the anarchy of yeah. Duck Soup. Duck Soup is a lot more anarchic. Like, Night the Opera is the Marx Brothers movie I could take my grandmother to see. Yeah. Um <laughs> Excuse me, uh, but, but back th- to the list. Yeah. So, um, what are some other things about it that you might want to look up? Like, uh, just the include... uh,
1: the 100 villains and one and heroes. Now, it's yeah. not
0: 100 of each. It's fifty
1: fifty. Each yes. villain gets a hero, and they 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 go hero villain hero
0: villain hero. Villain. Yes, that's what and I'm. And the number at one
1: too. villain
0: was is, Hannibal Lecter. Is
1: Hannibal Lecter? Hmm.
0: That's, that's a good, that's not a bad choice.
1: And they were still f- figuring that even though Hannibal had come out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, wait, let me see when this came out. This came out in 2003. Right. So Hannibal had already come out. And, Red Dragon had already come and out. And
1: the number one Atticus hero Finch. was
0: Atticus Finch.
1: Now, my, fr- my best friend, he saw this and was like, Atticus Finch? What?! It's like why you, why isn't Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi or Luke Skywalker? Obi Wan
0: Kenobi is not even in the top ten. I think Obi Wan Kenobi is number. Let me see. Well, here. he is technically a side character. Yes. Oh, and uh, Alvin York. Yeah. Is number thirty five. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to explain. Han Solo is number fourteen.
1: Yeah. And I was trying to explain to my friend like it's 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 because like he. You know, well, when it comes it, down got, to it right. this
0: is something that's airing on cbs this is prime time network tv you know you have this is technically a list that's not meant to be that subversive you have movies which are widely accepted as okay this is the gold standard of such and such and you look at as finch i mean he he's that kind of character that you know, can you, how can you criticize Atticus Finch? No, you can't. He's you pretty can't. much the most wholesome He's fighting for justice hero. You know, I mean, I knew his, when I was watching To Kill Mockingbird, it's like, that's not like my favorite movie, but all right, Atticus Finch, all right, you're, you're a good guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say, like, well, why wasn't this? But then you can't actually go up to someone and say,
0: yeah, you should take him off the list. <laughs> it's interesting that, um, looking at the list, uh, only uh, two women pop up in the top ten of heroes. Ellen Ripley and Chloe Starling. Yeah. Um, I guess, that's, yeah, yeah, I it's guess good. that's... It's a man's world. You know. um, Some names are higher on the list than I would think than others. Like, like who? Norma Ray from the movie Norma Ray. I guess uh, because I she's an organizer. Ray. Yeah, oh, I that's, I mean, that's the one with the bad. union thing. Yeah, and then... Oh yeah, I'm looking at Norma um, Ray right there in your list of VHS in your in your pile of yeah. V8. I have them in there. I don't know why I didn't watch the movie yet. Uh, this is something interesting. Number twenty-six, Superman. Yeah, is that a little low? Oh, I don't know. I mean, but I mean, is there c- anyone else who simple exemplifies truth, justice in the American way, and in Zack Snyder's movies, punching out? People. Well, Zack <laughs> Snyder's movies hadn't come out yet. Even <laughs> Superman Returns hadn't come out yet. Yeah, no, this is well, Superman consider- from Richard Donner's Superman. Yeah, I this mean, is con- the Superman that can fly around the world and make it go back in time. Uh, let's let's not get carried away. <laughs> uh, but like, consider all
1: the movies. Like, what, how many good Superman? There haven't been a lot of good Superman movies. There have been
0: like the first. That's two. right, I said it. There have been really the first two. Yeah, the f- the first two were good. And then, and then, Man of Steel tried and really kind of failed. Superman
1: Returns didn't do that great. Uh, and then the, the later Superman films. Let's fight nuclear man.
0: <laughs>
1: Let's have like a
0: fight on the moon.
1: That's. Like... I admire your vision, but it didn't really quite work out, did it? <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's right about where it should be. Yeah, I'm. Um... Batman, Batman and the Joker were on that list.
0: Let me see where Batman is.
1: I think they were kind of on the low end.
0: Really? Hold on a second. They were right next to each other. Um for thematic reasons, of course. Interesting, Travis Bickle is number 30 as uh, a villain, which is weird well, cuz he's kind of an anti-hero to me. Yeah, it, it, it must be hard to categorize Could have gone like either that. way. I I don't think we can objectively look at Travis Bickle and say he's a good guy. They have Frank Booth at number 36. I would put him in my top ten. Yeah. Oh, uh, ver- uh, Kaiser
1: Soze is on the list. Um, I think
0: Kaiser Soze. Or wait,
1: no, uh, Verbal Kint is on the list. Verbal Kint, without yeah, which explaining, I really without re- explaining why.
0: <laughs> God, I haven't seen Usual Suspects in so long. Um, I gotta see that
1: again to ma- see if it makes sense at all. But, I
0: eh, I didn't really like it as much. Here's an interesting list to bring up really fast: Hundred Years, Hundred Songs movie songs sound of music
1: is gotta be in there
0: um it's number 10 right give sing you it gu- in the rain i'll give you a guess of number one try to guess it sing it in the rain no all right um i'll give you three guesses all right is, does that count
1: as one no no you all, all right you're three giving more. me three more guesses okay
0: tick tock tick tock <laughs> uh
1: okay movie songs You need a
0: little hint? No, give me a second. <laughs> okay, talk about something else while I think. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I could tell you that um, on not number one on the list is uh, um, Cabaret and uh, Old Man River. I, I forget that's from a movie? Showboat? Well, a musical Old turned into a movie. Old Man River. Yeah. How about that? And then Okay, um, give me a hint. It's from the 1930s. Late 1930s. From what is widely considered to be the greatest year for movies in the golden age of Hollywood. <laughs> I like that sound you're making of like desperation. And Springtime for Hitler should be higher than number 80. <laughs> Jerks. Um, yeah, there are a number of songs I kind of forget that are... Alright, um, I, I have no idea. Over the Rainbow. Eh, overrated. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> nah, it, it's actually... It, it probably shouldn't be nah, No, no. It's funny that the studio... Wa- See, this is how not-
1: arbitrary lists are. The American Film Institute
0: gets like everybody to agree on a list. And we're just like, eh, whatever. Put
1: it somewhere else.
0: <laughs> well, the the way that they describe it in the at least on the website is the songs on this list are from American films and set a tone or mood, define character, advance plot, and or express the film's themes in a manner that elevates the moving image art form. These songs also capture the nation's heart and resonate across the century, enriching America's film heritage and capturing artists and audiences today. Alright, Enriching America's Heart. Check. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that... Number four? Really? Moon River? It's from Breakfast at Tiffany's? Does that sound familiar? Moon River, wider than a mile. Oh, okay. Something something mile. Alright. Oh, <laughs> and... <laughs> Alright. Yeah, so that's the song list. I mean, there are a lot of songs that you could check out there if you go to that list. Um, I think, for me, a list is very important in terms of growing your appreciation. Whether you agree with the list or not, when you compile a list of films... Like, for me, the way that the AFI was for you, I had it with... And I might have talked about this before, but when Scorsese did his uh, American movies documentary in the mid-90s... Right. I saw that when I was, like, 16. And, you know, he goes through all the different movements in... Not all the different movements, but he goes through... Uh, he talks about the gangster genre Like the classic gangster genre Westerns, musicals Then the director as a storyteller uh, A director as what he calls Illusionist, which means yeah. more about Using style And uh, and then director As iconoclast, and that's where he talks About like Eric von Stroheim And Kubrick And uh, John Cassavetes And so what I did when I watched this, mo- like, this Documentary, this was like three and a half hours long and this was before, like, if you go on IMDb, you can go a title and under movie connections. If they talk about a movie, they will list it on IMDb. And so now if you go to a personal journey of American movies on IMDb, you could see all the movies Scorsese talks about. But when I watched it, I wrote down every single movie yeah. as he was talking about it. And so I had this list for myself. And not all at once, but little by little, I use this list as, okay, these are the movies that Scorsese clearly, you know, they made him who he is, so I got to see them. Right. And they encapsulate, you know, a lot of the best of American movies, like The Searchers and uh, um, The Roaring Twenties, I remember, was one. Uh, A movie that we'll talk about in the future, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Um, So all these different things. So I think it's important that just... Yeah, Again,
1: the list is arbitrary, but it's important at the same time. Yeah, it's I when Martin Scorsese gives you a list of things,
0: you know, it makes you stand up and pay attention. Yes. And inter- one other thing I'd like to bring up is the AFI's 10 Top 10. Does that make any sense? It's probably like it's probably a spread of every genre. It is basically, yeah, America's 10 greatest films. In ten classic genres. So to run this down for you, in animation, it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves.
1: Animation didn't get its own episode, that's so intru- that's I wonder probably why that. they had to do it. It was probably things a little, a little bit more specific than that. What other, what other list were there?
0: Uh, well, uh, you mean movies in the list in or? the top ten? Okay, like top romantic ten what? comedy. Okay, romantic comedy had City Lights. Western was The Searchers. Sports was Raging Bull, which I. I ne- I don't look at Raging Bull as a sports movie. It's a movie about a boxer, but it's not really about boxing like the way that like Rocky is more of like a sports movie. Well, you, I, it's is there is there, it's a movie about a boxer. Is it got like so? Technically, that means it's a sports movie. Yeah, but it's in the way it, that
1: Star Wars is a war
0: movie. Interesting point. Right? Yeah, you don't really think about Star is Rocky Wars as a on the list. Movie. Not in this one, no. Alright, what other lists okay. are in the top this ten? Okay, Mystery 10? Movie, Vertigo. Okay. Fantasy, The Wizard of Oz. Alright, okay, uh, okay, okay. Thing. Sci-fi, we can't argue with this, 2001. Yeah. Gangster, uh, The Godfather. Yeah. Courtroom drama, they have To Kill Mockingbird. Yeah. And epic, which is, that's a genre, I guess. Epic is... It's a subgenre. Is Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Star Wars is a better epic than... Alright,
1: never mind. Uh, <laughs> here we're going to be mincing... Th- we're I mean, going to be here for three hours. If don't get don't here. don't get
0: me laughing, we'll be here all night, is the phrase but I yeah, say. But
1: yeah, the top ten, top ten is like... Well, we could do
0: a hundred mysteries, but it's probably going to be kind of thin. And then they have a list which I guess is... It almost seems a little nebulous, but I guess there must be... There is a sort of thought process. Like the last list that they did, or, or one of them was in 2006... AFI's 100 Years, 100 Cheers, which is about the most inspiring films of all time. Rocky. Rocky is number four. All right, now. All right, so try guess what number one is. Here's a hint. It's one of your favorite films. Adventures of Robin Hood? No. Well, uh, outside of your top five, I think. Okay. You've talked about it on the podcast. Oh, man. Okay, give me another hint. Um, it's from the 40s. <laughs> You're, I like your eyes right now. You're bugging out. Um, oh. All right, give me another <sighs> It You could say it's a fantasy movie. <laughs> Set in a small town. <laughs> I'm almost <laughs> tempted to give you a character name, but you'll know it like immediately. Yeah. Um it ha it features a third act where things get really dark. Okay, I don't know. It's a wonderful life. Oh ah! <laughs> all those hints, and you couldn't guess. I was about to say George Bailey, and then you've been like, oh, um, and then you've been like George Bailey. You mean like Bailey's you, Irish and if, Cream? Yeah. <laughs> Give me another hint. <laughs> Give me another hint. It stars Jimmy Stewart. I Give don't... me another hint. It uh, <laughs> it ends with angels. Um. <laughs> yeah. And so th- I Man, wonder... I am
1: not doing well at this
0: game. <laughs> no. And I thought you watched these things. Yeah. Maybe you didn't watch. I this didn't watch play. all of them. It's interesting what makes. I have to wonder what. I guess they have a criteria of like you know yeah it's it's very sappy like not sappy but you know it's like uh, a sense of possibility and and hope for the future and yeah. and all this sort of stuff that's why you have rocky well i think it's a wonderful life deserves its spot at the top there because it i does. mean
1: if any if any movie has an ending where you're just
0: like you want to go Yay! out and live
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's a wonderful yeah, life yeah you're not dead i i just watched rocky 4 on on July 4th. And oh, even didn't... though Rocky four, No, I mean, I've seen it before. I I just happened to be watching it because there was nothing else to do. Was
0: your heart on fire? No. Heart's but, on fire! But it's like the same
1: with every Rocky movie. It's like, you no know, matter yeah. how hokey it gets, it's like, once you get into that ending fight, you're just like, screw it! Go Rocky! <laughs> it's all the same thing.
0: He, uh, yeah, it's like... Well, Rocky Four is even more ridiculous just because of that training montage yeah. where they cut to Ivan Drago and he's like,
1: Drago's got all this great machinery, and Rocky's only just got like whatever junk he's, he's got on lying a mountain. Around. He's
0: on a mountain, and he's dragging like a piece of wood. Whereas Ivan Drago, and they basically show that he's cheating. He's like taking drugs. Yeah, he's taking steroids. Yeah, he's a cheater. And cheaters are losers. I think that's a good place to end the- <laughs> Alright, so I think, we, have we said everything that needs to be said about these lists? I think the point is, and I can bring it back around to Gone with the Wind, is that you look at one of these AFI lists, and you see all these movies from the 20th century, and, you know, Gone with the Wind, yeah, it has its problems. It, it, sometimes, you know, it certainly looks things, but you could say that about a lot of movies. You could say that about a lot of things on the list that haven't quite aged well, that maybe don't look at women a, yeah. in a great light. Women get a, a short shrift in a lot of yeah. the great movies that we look at. You know, I mean, there are a uh, lot of
1: there are a lot of movies where a lot of different races get the short end of the stick, and I mean, that's Bre-
0: not right. Breakfast at Tiffany's, no. uh, that's at the top of a lot of lists, and it features probably one of the most offensive caricatures ever with Mickey Rooney. Yes, <laughs> like. You look at Mickey Rooney in that movie, and he's almost worse than the you know, Looney Tunes cartoons. Because yeah. this is in the early 60s. They right. should know better by this point.
1: And then there are the Peter Lorre films where he plays Mr. Moto. Yeah. Or, and a um, lot of actors did that, and it's not right now. No. Can you blame them for doing it back then? Maybe to a certain extent. But in the end, you have to take into consideration context, exactly. and you have to take into consideration a lot of other things. Yeah, exactly. And there are a lot of and there and I think but I don't think that not watching those films is is the way to deal with it. No, I think that if you you have to you have to confront the the awkward things before they become even more
0: awkward. Yeah,
1: ex- and then you have to understand why this
0: isn't done anymore. Yeah, and going even back to the movie I talked about at the start of our episode uh, The Look of Silence uh you know, if you don't look back at atrocities that have happened and actually face them, then you're really causing problems in the future. Right.
1: Gone with the Wind is not an atrocity.
0: No, no, no. It's I mean, a bit of a. According to that New York Post writer, I, it might be, but right.
1: I don't think it is. But it, you do have to understand the past. You do. Um. So go see a good movie. Go find see a good somebody's movie. list. See whatever that is Jack's British film list was.
0: <laughs> the BFI Sight and Sound list. right?
1: Or if you can find the AFI Specials somewhere, I don't know where they sh- they have these things anymore for people to see them. I'm sure they have stuff on YouTube. I I'm hope sure so. they
0: have clips.
1: Take a look at it because you'll chances are you'll find around 50 movies you haven't even heard of.
0: Before. I actually I should mention one quick thing. I think. I was watching some AFI special, and I think that was the first time I can remember really knowing the name Buster Keaton. Right? They were talking about one of his movies, The General, something. Kevin Spacey was talking about Buster Keaton's a, a genius. I'm yeah. like, huh, okay, this guy has an interesting name, and he's doing things <laughs> physically. So maybe I should check him out. And so you should check out some movies. Maybe check out some of the ones we talked about. Broaden your mind a little bit. Um you know you can watch See them. Gone
1: with the Wind, see what all the fuss is about.
0: Yeah, see if you'll ever go hungry again as guys your witness. Um, Frankly, Jack, I don't give a damn. I'm gonna have to delete that damn because it's a curse. They used to do that Crap. in theaters, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um
0: but. anyway, so that was the wages of cinema. Uh do you have any plans coming up? I'm I'm trying to see movies
1: in my collection that I haven't seen. So maybe Princess Kaguya? Don't
0: don't don't try. I'm going <laughs> to jinx myself. All right, what are your plans? Um good question. I have uh I have some more stuff to watch. I want to check out maybe The Lion in Winter. Have you heard of that movie? Interesting. Yes,
1: I've seen it, and uh, I'm interested in talking to you about that.
0: Okay. Yeah, because that's on my sort of list of things to see, and I have, uh, um, I have a few other things in the works. I'm gonna see, try to go to the movies and try to see movies that aren't franchise movies. Oh, but another interesting thing,
1: uh, Jack and I, we're look, we're uh, working on a few talks about movies in our uh, in my hometown. Yeah. Uh, more on that a little later. Right now, it's not. Uh, it's in its planning stages. But Let's leave it as a little bit of a tease for now. Right. But we'll tell you about it as it goes on. So hopefully, if you live in the area, you'll be able to see us and uh, see how awesome we are. See in us person. in
0: the flesh. See our wonderful elephant man faces, or maybe mine. Exactly. There.
1: <laughs> uh, so for uh, the wages of cinema, I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And the wages of cinema is death, as always. Good night. Adios.